Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Happy Wednesday, Dr. Paul. Thank you. Same to you. How are we Great doing? <laughs> We're doing fine. I uh, always this... hope we do at least a little bit better than uh, how they're doing in Washington, D.C. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's not too difficult to do. It's just, uh, it's just that uh, some people who have made honest efforts to improve things in D.C., it's a real struggle. Yeah. Because I think, There's uh, so few I, of them. <laughs> because I think the battle's outside of D.C. Yeah. I think it's the reaching more people like we have when they come to see our program and yeah. try to figure out what's going on. And we'll try that uh, once more. But, you know, I, I think I told you the other day, I said, when are we going to get something new? When are we going to get something new? So, yeah, you, and you, you come up and say, no, we need to talk about Fauci. More about Fauci. <laughs> <Was> that me? <laughs> did you know what he just did and what's going on? And here, Zero Hedge, uh, they're the culprits. They're always encouraging yeah. us to key in. And, of course, there's a senator that keeps bugging us, too, yeah, about Fauci not being a saint yeah. and uh, speaking out against it. That's risky business. Yeah, for sure. So, but uh, the Zero Hedge uh, article is just uh, very recent and they says Fauci claims his critics are killing people whoa yeah, but isn't it true that uh, you can be censored you can be canceled if you use words that are you know lean toward violence <laughs> and, uh, uh, so here he is claiming that uh, somebody's killing people spreading you know disinformation but uh, I don't think things will change much there until he uh, he retires or something. But uh, Fauci's been there a long time, and I'm always fascinated. <laughs> How do he manage all that? Yeah. I mean, where where have the people been? Where have his bosses been? But it goes on and on, and uh, and right now he's uh, he's arguing the case that. Uh, we have to pursue it and we have to silence the people. And uh, he was very specific that his big complaint now, his critics aren't those who might criticize him for things scientific and have another scientist, you know, debate them. That's not what he's so worried about. He seems to have control of that. But they're criticizing him personally. That, yeah, how dare that they? his motives might be a little bit suspicious. And that has annoyed him. He's speaking out. I don't think his job is in danger. But I think his principles are endangered. And I think we're making some inroads as to why we shouldn't blindly follow everything that he says. And you have to wonder why this barrage of really, it seems like panic. You know, we had Francis Collins, we talked about yesterday, the director of the NIH, uh, saying that people should be brought to justice for criticizing Fauci. You had the head of Pfizer saying that people who criticize our shot are criminals. And now you have Fauci saying you're literally killing people if you criticize me. You know, and I wonder, there's a new book by Dr. Scott Atlas out. I have not started reading that yet. But I've read some excerpts, and it looks very damning about Birks and uh, Fauci. There's also, I am reading the RFK Jr. book about Fauci, and that is fascinating. I've just started on it. It's fascinating tracing the corruption of Fauci back 20, 30 years <laughs> into the 80s, uh, and it's all there. So I wonder, again, the same question that we've been asking a couple, this is almost Fauci week on the show, but... Well, we've been wondering, why are they so defensive right now? What are they worried about? This doesn't look like a group of people who are confident in the approach they're doing, in the, uh, in the, in the medicines they're handing out. They seem like they're in a corner. 
you know, and, and I think there's a little bit of contagiousness on this whole deal because uh, when uh, Fauci made this statement, it reminded me of something that Biden said uh, because here Fauci's upset and therefore, you know, he said, you're killing, he, he said, they're accusing me of killing people, killing people and, and doing this. And his whole point was uh, in between the lines and broadly speaking, he's saying, you have to do what I tell you. Yeah. You know, I am, I'm the arbiter here. I tell people what to think and what to do. And look how long I've been around here. Yeah. And, and it reminds me of that statement. I think it was one of the most atrocious statements by the, by the president when uh, he was, I think it was in the campaign, he, he was talking to, to a, a black man and he was evidently trying to get his vote. Yeah. And it looked like uh, all, all the uh, all the individual wanted to know was a little bit of information. Yeah. He was trying to pull pull some information out of from Biden, and Biden interpreted this that uh, well he he was opposing me. He was uh, he he was looked like he might not vote for. Him. And Biden's statement was, uh, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Yeah. Now, can you think of anything weirder than that? Uh, yeah. You know, when it comes to politics, but that, but doesn't that seem a little bit similar to what? Uh, what Fauci yeah, does. Yeah. If you don't believe in this, you, you've committed murder. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, he didn't say murder, but killing people is murder. Kind of close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's uh, that's a really, uh, uh, you know, do it our way or you're a very, very bad person. Uh, seeking truth is not our goal. It's uh, to fool the people into making it a better world. And and I, I do struggle a little bit with this because some of them obviously believe it, but I think the real leadership knows darn well what is uh, what they're doing and, and why they're trying to change things and uh, in their direction, that is, to change it into a Marxist state. Yeah, it's that authoritarian instinct. Remember, just in September, when, when Biden announced his, his vax mandate, remember what he said, I'm running out of patience with you people, you know? Oh, yeah, like, I mean, what kind of a elected <clears throat> official? Well, let's put up that first clip, because we're talking about Fauci on MSNBC, of course, he's always on the fawning media. Oh, Dr. Fauci, please, can we go to Thanksgiving? Please, mother, may I? Um, let's look at the next one. And here's the quote that we're talking about. This is from the interview. And this is Steve Watson from Summit News via uh, Zero Hedge. But here's what Fauci, oh no, the humble Fauci. That's what I do. The praise or the arrows and slings are really irrelevant. I do what science drives you to do. And that's what I do. And you know, I'm not in it for a popularity contest. I'm trying to save lives. And then he talks about, you know, then he says, uh, and the people who weaponize lies are killing people. So the only question I have is when you show Tucker Carlson and Peter Navarro criticizing me, I consider that a badge of honor. So specifically hitting out at Tucker Carlson, who's made some, some pretty tough shots the, against Fauci. The, the scientific question, the philosophic question is, uh, has anybody suffered from the propaganda trying to destroy the concept of natural immunity. Yeah. I mean, how much, uh, how, how many mistakes were made because of that? And how many vaccines were given? And how many vaccines are now even extended to given to kids? Yeah. And uh, it seems like the propaganda is powerful enough and the parents, the parents, you know, they're convinced that it's the best thing for their kids. But at the same time, the parents who are waking up are saying, I'm, you know, then, then that motivates them to go to the parent teacher association meeting and raise cane about some of the things going on in the school. 
So it's been used in both directions, but uh, I happen to think that uh, th this whole thing uh, of, of using it to, to get blind obedience uh, to uh, what they want and to uh, justify a science which we would like a discussion on. We yeah. want to debate them. Well, you sound somewhat like someone that I know who's close to you. And let's put up that next clip because that's almost exactly what a senator from Kentucky said. He Ooh, was on with... Does that yeah, mean you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Inspired. Let's put up that next clip. This is uh, Senator Paul on Glenn Beck this week. Almost in response to Fauci, he says, quote, Fauci not only has a casual disregard for science, but also for individual liberty. You combine the two, ignoring the science and having no regard for individual liberty, and you have a really dangerous situation. But it's also dangerous because we've centralized the authority. And he goes on to say, and this is the part exactly what I was saying, it sounds like what you were saying, he said, I have opinions on where the virus came from. I have opinions on how to treat it, but they're my opinions. You don't have to take them. If you agree with me, you can listen to my opinions. With Dr. Fauci, it's not the same. He has opinions, but he wants you to be forced to do what he says. So it's the difference between coercion and freedom, and that's exactly what it is. But he would be conceived, and it is, I guess, is being conceived as not a loyal person, yeah. you know, to, to the establishment. And uh, that was one thing I noticed in Washington, is that you have to, you have to be loyal, you, you know, on their terms. And that, that goes filters down, you know, whether it's a small piece of legislation or whatever. It's, uh, it, it's getting people to go march in line and not think for yourself. So that's probably why people complain so much about Washington. It's, it's almost prohibited that you can really think for yourself. I mean, look at what happens when one Republican or one Democrat decides to go in the direction of libertarianism. Boy, they can be ridiculed pretty fast. And there's so much evidence about Fauci. In fact, he's an admitted liar, a self-admitted liar. And let's put up this next clip because this is from, this is Axios reporting on a New York Times interview that uh, Fauci did uh, a few months ago where he admitted that he lied to people about herd immunity and about how many people had to take the vaccine. He acknowledged that he slowly but deliberately had been moving the goalposts. And here's a quote from Fauci. Here's his so-called, this is his confession. When polls said only about half of Americans would take a vaccine, I was saying herd immunity would take 70 to 75 percent. Then when newer surveys said 60 percent or more would take it, I thought I can nudge this up a bit. So I went to 80, 85. We need to have some humility here. We really don't know what the real number is. I think the range, real range is somewhere between 70 and 90, but I'm not going to say 90 percent. So he admits that he lied to people, but we can't criticize him for anything because then we're killing people. And guess what? He's still lying. Let's do the next one. He said just a couple of months ago, take the shot, 100% effective. You'll never catch the disease. You're going to be fine. Well, here's Fauci today. Fauci in the Hill says that changing the definition of fully vaccinated to include boosters is on the table. He did it again, but you can't recognize it or point it out or you're a murderer. You know, he's sort of, maybe you could say he's between a rock and a hard place because he has a dilemma. Is he going to be accused of uh, being a liar? That's not very nice. But uh, otherwise, uh, if uh, his facts are wrong, maybe he's not so smart. So he, he's in a problem getting out of this. So I would suggest that we replace him and get a new person. But first, get rid of the whole department, you know, of the 
you know, I, I saw the budget that, you know, NIH and CDC, they get a lot of money. Yeah. It's not millions of dollars, it's billions of dollars. And uh, it sort of, it, you know, helps a, a bunch of corporations, especially the pharmaceutical companies, make a lot of money. So. Yeah, but I don't think they'll ever get to the point where, oh my goodness, I'm in a fix. Uh, should I continue with my lies, or uh, I can't admit I'm dumb? I'm the smartest man around, yeah. so they, you know, he's not going to admit that. So what he has to do is have two sides of every issue. Oh no, I'm not lying. I'm here. Yeah. I can show you. This is what I said yesterday. <laughs> well, here's a real. Here's another dilemma that that he and they face. And this is not an original idea of mine, and someone else put it much more cleverly. But the dilemma they have is convincing the unvaccinated that the shot works so well that they need to get it, while at the same time convincing those that are vaccinated that the shot doesn't work very well, so you need to get a booster shot, right? And, Talk about a dilemma. And wear masks. And wear a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully vaccinated people are still told that they have to wear masks. It works and doesn't work at the same time. That's a pretty tough sell, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. That's you, why you, he's so nervous. You'd think somebody, more people. <laughs> there's some waking up, and that's good, but we need a lot more awakening in the very positive sense. Yeah. So. Well, I guess we can move on from Fauci. Uh, we, we punched right, him around uh, enough. We promise not to bring his name up the rest of the program. Yeah. Can we, can we make it through the program? Let's give it a Probably shot. Probably not. We'll give it a shot. But uh, I guess it's important if it comes into our minds. Okay, here's something that's this is a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, but it also is dealing with a principle that we just got done talking talking about is you know about what what rights are and how do you correct social problems and how you deal with the whole subject of discrimination uh, this sort of thing but here's a headline uh, some disloyal Republicans 21 House Republicans push to make transgenders a federally protected class. Hmm. Well, I don't know of any libertarian that really isn't a good libertarian when it comes to tolerance of other people's activities, social values, how they spend their money, how they make their money, if they follow some rules, and that's just a non-aggression principle. So, so you don't have that. But here, here they're saying uh, that uh, the, the, the House members want to do this. But I, I maintain that to give privileges to a group over individuals I mean you have to undermine the rights of those individuals and I think it happens all the time uh, but but it, it's the principle and I you know at one time wrote a little booklet on this you know it's it's the collective against the individual and everything is collectivism and this is what this does when they say we have to uh, do you know do some positive things for people who say they're transgendered well uh, how do you do that without taking something Way or forcing, uh, you know, them on other people, and uh, that—that's why uh, it can be sorted out very easily. It's called voluntarism, nonviolence, and voluntarism. And all of a sudden, people don't have a right to punish, and they certainly don't have the right to pick and choose one group over another. And of course, uh, that type of thing has been going on for a long time. But I would say, uh, you know, in the last several decades, it's gotten much worse that we think of rights as, as something in a group. You belong to this group, this is, this is your group, and this, that you, you qualify for certain privileges, and they're usually benefits at the expense of somebody else. Yeah, and that's, that's the case here. And you. You talk about the trade-off. These 21 Republicans think they're going to make some kind of deal, which is classic 
Washington, not standing on principle, but making some kind of a deal so they get their favorite exemptions on the whole thing. You know, I wonder what, what this little article made me think of was I, I heard this on the TV, and everything you hear on the TV is okay, but this, sure. one, uh, this one made a point that I tended to agree with. Uh, the me, or I understand why it's being said, but the announcer was saying, well, one thing, and he said it casually, not like he was really, really taking on the world. Uh, he says the media, he implied that the media uh, should not uh, call all this uh, robbery and, and violence in the city and stealing yeah. and doing things like they did to Best Buy. Uh, it should never be referred to as looting. Yeah. Looting is too strong. And that falls into the category of how about, uh, you, you know, uh, getting, uh, uh, getting the uh, paying to get out of prison for temporarily. Uh, the, uh, the bail, yeah. They're getting the bail. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. bails are much too unfair. They discriminate against people who rob yeah. and kill. Yeah. <clears throat> so that, that's, that's the whole problem of the... Uh, there, there, there's a lot to be learned about that. <laughs> in fact, we, we do have that, that story next because that's the exact thing that's happening. And here, are, let's look at a couple of clips to set it up. Here's one from Zero Hedge, which is our go-to in many of these things. This next clip, Best Buy crashes <laughs> as margins slide due to, quote, organized retail theft. Now, you and I, Dr. Paul, may call that looting. <laughs> um, let's look at the next one. This is, this is happening all over the country. Here's San, San Jose. Group steals items worth more than $40,000 from Lululemon. I don't know what that is. I think it's a clothing store. Um, and that's not even it. They're not going for the Walmarts, Dr. Paul. Let's look at that next clip. They're heading over to Louis Vuitton. They cleared it out completely. These handbags, I know uh, it's a little above my price tag. They can be $3,000, $5,000 each for these purses, ladies' purses. So yeah. it's not going to be any of my tree. It's going to be under these guys' tree because they stole them. And we have, in fact, a short clip of them in broad daylight. Well, it's not time, but out in the open without any compunction. A whole group of them go in and clear the store out. Let's just watch about 15 seconds of this clip and watch, watch how brazen they are. But I was happy to see he had his mask on. I think yeah. at least he was a little bit considerate of others. But see, the only way I can get around a, a, a bit of an explanation is trying to understand what motivates the authoritarians, especially the Marxists, is that uh, they, they claim in an intellectual manner, and that's the way they live their life, that there is no objective definition or understanding of what truth is. So if it doesn't exist, Looting is much too strong. They're they're getting something that's they deserve. Yeah. You know they have a right to it. They demand it and they need it, and that becomes becomes a right. I tell you what, if you look at all of history, there has been a much better understanding even thousands of years ago. Not that there's been a steady uh, improvement in understanding what personal liberty is has been, but there's been improvements, and you, you could say we've had steps like the writing of our Constitution, which made an honest effort uh, to uh, define this principle, but. But uh, that's uh, that, that I think is the basic problem because uh, they do not believe uh, they are looting, yeah. and, uh, and, and then and then that 
that's why that the, there should be uh, no imprisonment. They want this whole idea of don't de defund the police. They want to get rid of the prisons. Yeah. You know, some of them. And uh, of course, right now, what we're arguing is there's some people who say, "Hey, that's you're a little bit too much." Yeah. And, and uh, they took to the polls, you know, just recently in Virginia and other places. Maybe they'll do the same thing. And because that, to me, is the ultimate uh, ultimate test uh, on, on what's happening. The people have to respond unfavorably toward all this nonsense, and we're seeing signs of that. And you made a great point in your speech to the Future of Freedom Foundation recently. The property rights is the bedrock of civil liberties, yeah. you know, and that's because exactly. Because you, you can defend the almost any personal liberty. I, I keep thinking, well, what can they do in a public place? I said, well, we should have private property. How would you do it in your house? Yeah. So if you think of immigration problems, think about should those, uh, th you know, rules apply to your house or to Pelosi's house. Maybe if they were applied to Pelosi's yeah. house, they'd wake up and find out what they were really doing to us. Well, you know, she just bought a $10 million home in dot, 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 Florida, right? Where DeSantis is oh. literally killing people. There, there should be a law against that. <laughs> yeah, there should. Well, let's look at this clip now. This is sort of the punchline. We've, we've extended it beyond what it should be. But here's the whole point. We've seen a bunch of people looting. But... The uh, Channel 7, the ABC affiliate in the Bay Area brought on an expert saying, experts caution the use of looting in describing rash of Bay Area smash and grabs. The next one is a quote from, this ex uh, from an expert. Uh, this is uh, from Lorenzo Boyd, PhD and a professional, professor of criminal justice. He said, looting is a term that we typically use when people of color or urban dwellers are doing something. We tend to not use that term for other people when they do the exact same thing. I don't know about that. I don't think anyone would notice the color of skin if you're breaking in a store and stealing stuff. You're looting, but you, apparently you, you, would, you would think so. <laughs> apparently, it's racist to use that term. So yeah. we're going to have to think another yeah, term. Yeah, and, and if you don't go along with this, you don't qualify. Yeah. You know that that thing that I complained about a little while ago. That 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 sort of solidifies the principle. Some people claim that uh, you know race is used as a weapon in in politics. You know that if you belong to a certain group of people you are going to automatically, uh, you know, vote uh, for the party that's going to give you more stuff. Yeah. It has nothing to do with uh, defending personal liberty. Yeah. Well, I have one more, a couple of them. More California things. news. Yeah. yeah. The California uh, There's a city in California called Santa Cruz. Yeah. And, uh, and they're on the ball. Yeah. Uh, they, they, don't, uh, they don't want to miss anything. So they said, mask up. Even in your own house, the yeah. city orders. It looks like they've already done it. They've yeah. ordered this. Now that that doesn't heck make make a whole lot of sense, especially since most everybody is 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 conceding that. Uh, well, at least they claim that uh, you know that uh, uh, vaccines are are what's what uh, can be helpful and prevent all this nonsense and social distancing. But it, it's it's almost proof that they don't believe in that vaccines are worth it. Yeah. And, and I think when you see people having two and three and four shots and you see these people uh, uh, that, you know, after all these shots, uh, I don't think they keep accurate statistics because sometimes people die and uh, 
they, they might not say, well, you know, he had COVID, had COVID, how many shots did he have? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not uh, worked out in detail, but I think the, I think the uh, vaccines are, are not useful uh, very often, especially in the COVID type well, they, vaccine. The liberals in Santa Cruz agree with you. They think the vaccines are terrible because you still have to wear masks in your own home. They don't trust them. They don't trust them. I'm just surprised it's only one. I think it should be at least five. Let them all suffocate. And, you know, I won't say any more, but it is crazy. And it's, it's, it's not funny, but it's funny. I've been to Santa Cruz. It's a weird place anyway. Uh, but the, the thing is, you have to wear a mask even in your own home. That's going to put a damper on Thanksgiving. But it's not just a joke there actually are serious fines and possible jail time. Now, you can run over your girlfriend in a car and get off with a $1,000 bail, but if you host a party in your house without a mask on, you're going to go to the slammer in Santa Cruz. Uh, that's, really, that's really brilliant, yeah. isn't it? So, Great. Um, there, I have another item here, and uh, you might have a comment for this, and that is uh, this, this business in, in Florida, Biden administration asked U.S. appeals court to reinstate the OSHA, it's the OSHA rules. Yeah, I the think vaccines. It was Florida that wrote the law that said they can't do this. So it was, in a way, it was a contest between states and uh, the, the federal government and, and that sort of thing. But the courts have right now uh, have been sim very sympathetic to the fact that the... Uh, the federal government has overstepped itself and that they should not. I think Biden wants to make sure if you're a businessman, you have 100 people or more. We can tell you exactly what you have to do. And I said, well, what if you have 99? Yeah. Somebody, I heard somebody predict, you know, we have 500 people. We're just going to have five companies. Yeah. You know, that's really a tough one for us yeah. to work out because we're not going to, we don't, uh, you know, uh, agree with your your, your proposal. And that's exactly what the Fifth Circuit said when they when they knocked down the OSHA rule. They said it's completely arbitrary. What if you have 99? What if you have 67 that they don't count but 100 or more? They said it absolutely makes no sense. It's not rooted. So they have a, they have a stay on on the OSHA order. And of course that goes to the Sixth Circuit in Ohio for appeal, the federal courts in Ohio for appeal. And they had been waiting to see what the Biden administration had done. In the meantime, OSHA had suspended its implementation of the vaccine mandate because they had been told that they can't do it. And now the Biden administration has issued its appeal to the Sixth Circuit to see how the Sixth Circuit ruled. And this is kind of one of those things where there's a lot of trees there and we're just kind of looking at the forest, but it's something that we're really going to be looking at in the future. You know, I, I don't know why they're so frightened about freedom of choice. Uh, and we know when you have total freedom of choice, people can make mistakes. But, you know, still the image of that football game still sticks in my mind. Yeah. There was there was more freedom of choice there. And a lot of people went there and uh, nobody heard of anybody uh, getting sick. So I am I imagine, you know, going to Disney World is probably no, uh, you know, no more dangerous than going. To, I bet you that football game exposed more yeah. to other people. But no, they, they have to do this and they, they don't want to. Uh, uh, they, you know, they don't want the people to uh, have that freedom of choice. Yeah, they don't. They don't. And yeah, Florida is fighting back. So I'm gonna, if we're ready to close out, I think. Yeah, we are. And I just, this will be our uh, our last live show of the week. And uh, I just want to remind people as you head into the holiday of Dr. Paul's book as a gift from us to you for supporting the Ron Paul. Institute. I'll have some details. I'm not going to talk it up again. I've done it so much. But I'll have some <laughs> details in the description. We, we appreciate you very much. We don't ask you, uh, we don't bug you for help all the time. 
Uh, but we would uh, certainly like to, uh, to have your participation and help, and we appreciate it very much. Very good. And I, again, want to thank our viewers for, for tuning in and providing the support that uh, we deeply appreciate. And uh, also, uh, I'm always keen on trying to point out what the role of government ought to be, and the role of government should be very minimal. Uh, the role, the responsibility of individuals is very great, because I think that's where the decisions have to be made. And, uh, and I believe this should be across the board. I think it's your life. Uh, you can do with it what you want. Uh, you actually have, uh, in a free society, uh, you, you know, an ability that can't be prohibited by government where it can do harm to yourself. You might not exercise enough. You might eat too much. All these other things are done by freedom of choice. And uh, under these conditions, you know, it will, it will be imperfect, but the government stays out of it. And I just happen to have a lot of confidence in free people making good decisions uh, much more often than bad decisions because just of my general experience, I've met a lot of people throughout my lifetime, and most of the people People are pretty decent, uh, but uh, when I think of the people who have authority over us in in many ways, that means mostly political authority, bureaucratic authority, and probably institutionalized educational authority. When we look at our universities, you know, then I look at it and I said we have a long way to go because they happen to have more clout. Uh, than those who want to just mind their own business and go about their lives and take care of themselves. And uh, then, well, what is, the, what is the purpose of all this? And I think there is a purpose as far as I'm concerned. And in a free society, uh, if it's peaceful, which I think it would be more peaceful that way, that people's responsibility could be something like seeking excellence and virtue you know, which would be a voluntary thing. But what we, what we have done now over the many, many decades, especially in this country, the last hundred years, is we've turned this responsibility over that the government will decide, define, you know, excellence and virtue, and they will control it. And every time they try to do that, they have to do it with a sacrifice of liberty. So it doesn't work very well, and that's why it usually ends up in moral and financial bankruptcy. That's what we're facing. And it can be reversed if we just, uh, you know, adhere to the laws of, of nonviolence, non-aggression, and uh, being responsible for oneself. That, to me, seems to be not too complicated, and uh, I think when people hear the message, uh, they are much more interested in that and saying, oh, what we need to do is legalize looting. Looting, that's neat. Just think they don't have to worry about guilt anymore. Just go out and loot whatever you need. Hey, those people have too much anyway, so I can go into my neighbor's house and take what I need. Well, we have to have a system to work half decently where people have a little bit of a sense of what right and wrong is all about. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.